You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's my show. Hey. Put a little bit. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little bit. Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Very excited to talk to Brett Coleman again. I think it might have been August when last Brett was on with us. Brett and I, I'm not sure how much we have in common. One thing is we're both followed on Twitter by Dick Butkus. Brett, what is oh, Dick? Well, how about that? What is Dick Butkus doing on Twitter? Like he, you know, he's he's, he's go Bears. That's for sure. Uh, what is he doing following? Well, what is he doing following me? I guess I want to know. Uh, but maybe you have a re- you you have an understanding of why Dick Butkus has shown an interest in you, other than your excellent film analysis. I mean, I do talk quite a bit about the Bears, so that probably has something to do with it. But you know, Dick's living his best life. He, he tweets every now and then. He, Rouse up Packers fans. Like he's got a pretty good life. He's good on there. You know, he he's, he can be feisty. I remember when I first saw he was on there. It was it was funny. You're like, oh, this is for real. Uh, but may, maybe things have calmed down a little bit. Well, Brett, I remember talking in the summer, and then shortly after your visit to our show, I saw you know you went to I think Bills Rams for the opener, and then to Seattle, and maybe another game or two, maybe Dallas in between. Yeah, ironically, even though I live in Southern California and I'm not a Bills fan, I saw more Bills games than any other team last year because I, I went to the opener in L.A. Um, and then I was at uh, the Miami game in week three um, where, you know, half the roster was <laughs> dropping like flies because of the heat. And then I, I went up to Buffalo for, uh, for, for Packers Bills and had my first uh, Bills game at home, which was wonderful. That night is interesting to think about because it was week seven, maybe, seven or eight, They'd beaten Kansas City. Everything looked fine. And the Packer game was, okay, well, the Bills won sort of smoothly against Green Bay, you know, and we're still adjusting a little bit to this new Bills life where, like, that kinds of that kind of thing is happening. They, they just sort of win very, very casually against teams quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers, for example. But we didn't like that game very much, Brett. Like, the, the, the second half was kind of choppy and a couple of picks. And that really, I don't know if this would surprise you, but... That really, that really set the rest of the season up. Like the Bills won almost every week, but we were w- worried about them. And then in the playoffs, I mean, what a what a dud. So as you think back on the season, process the season, were you worried for the Bills like that? You know, it was one of those where <laughs> we saw the problems in that game that kind of became the prevailing narrative right which is hey this team ranks really high defensively but they can't stop the run when they absolutely need to stop the run because the Packers were were really running all over them in that game and you know it's okay the offense is working but 
Josh can't stop making these really boneheaded turnovers that just ruin really good drives. And again, they were still winning because the overall team is still great and they're well coached and everything like that. But those two issues just kind of stuck in the back of my head of like, hey, if they don't address that, it's going to get them beat in January. And then, of course, we get to January and they can't stop the run and there's some really bad turnovers and they end up getting beat. And it's it was kind of a, I don't want to say a lost season, but it felt like a season that, that was not capitalized on like it should have been. And we, we can blame different things for that. Obviously, there was a lot of – you know, emotional things the team the team went through, and there were a lot of injuries. But it still felt like, you know, if you're a if you're a Super Bowl contender, your Super Bowl run shouldn't come down to whether whether or not Daquan Jones is healthy, mm. and that's what it felt like it did. And I feel like, you know, if you're really a Super Bowl contender, you could you should be able to win a game without Daquan Jones, and they just couldn't. And it's something that really should be addressed this off season. With Brett Coleman, I'm Mike Shope here on WGR. Bulldog is out today. So the here's another sort of looking back to get your outside perspective, Brett. Like the last two or maybe even three drafts. I mean, I'm in here. I'm not the only one, but it's not like necessarily a majority of fans are like, okay, wide receiver. Because oh, why, why wide receiver? I'm first in the league in passing yards and Stephon Diggs and look at Davis. And it's like, well, for me, it's because you can never have enough. And it's fragile. And what do we see this year? You're talking about sort of your fears coming to fruition with them. I mean, they're going back into the alumni pile for John Brown and and Cole Beasley in the end. They knew they were in some trouble. And in that game against the Bengals, 10 points without even really turnovers. This year, I think everybody's on the same page, at least out here. Are you? I mean, is is this the year the Bills get wide receiver, like a a first-round pick for Josh Allen? I, I still don't think that they take a receiver early, um, mainly because, again, there's there's other stuff that has to be addressed too, right? Like, I don't necessarily think, you know, the receiving core was the reason why they lost in the playoffs. It was the fact that they literally couldn't stop the run without Daquan Jones. Like, when he got hurt, I, w- I immediately had really pretty heavy concerns, and then that, that unfortunately proved to be true. Like, I think they might invest more <laughs> – as painful as this might be for some Bills fans, because it's going to happen again, I think we might see another defensive line pick early. Um, you know, maybe depending on what happens with Edmonds, maybe they look at linebacker early. But it, it is kind of interesting how even though the defense was so highly ranked because of injuries, they kind of fell apart when they needed to, you know, to really be the backbone of the team, and they just weren't deep enough. And so I could see them investing there and then, you know, looking at receiver on day two again to try to round out the room. But the only guy, if they did take one in the first round, the only guy that I would really be super interested in is Zay Flowers, but I just don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be long gone to either New England or, or, you know, maybe the Ravens or the Chargers. If he's there, sure, sign me up for that. But I just, I don't, I don't think the, the talent fit is going to match up well for the first round. He's kind of got a bullet right now, doesn't he, Flowers? Like, that. there's there's recent hype. I mean, it's been Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Addison, Flowers. There's some Jalen Hyatt hype, too. Like, are those all first-round picks? Uh, for me, Hyatt is a no. Um, not that he's not fast. Like, he, he really is fast. I know a lot of Bills fans would be interested in that because Josh can throw a country mile. But at the same time, you look at Jalen Hyatt, like, pretty much all of his snaps – 
were not against press coverage. I can count maybe on one hand the amount of press coverage snaps I saw him play. And the majority of that offense, it was, hey, we're going to line him up like three yards away from the boundary in these super wide splits. And we're running all this, you know, like slot vertical choice stuff from like the Bryles tree. And none of it really translates to the NFL. Like you don't really make your living in the NFL, not only off that type of split, but off that type of concept, not against press coverage. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. So for me, Hyatt's not a first round pick. Doesn't mean he won't go in the first round, but I just, I wouldn't do it. Like for me, the only like surefire first round receivers are Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Addison's more of a slot guy. Zay can kind of play anywhere. You know, even Quentin Johnston, he, he's kind of a weird profile um, where he's six four and he's fast. And so you kind of expect him to be this, you know, big, tall ball winner, but like he's got a 35% contested catch rate, which is super low. Mm. Like typically a number one receiver in the NFL is like 55 to 60%. He's not really a ball winner and he's not a super refined route runner either. And his kind of best play is I'm going to catch a hitch and make a dude miss and run. And again, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL as much. So I just, I don't think this is the receiver class for the bills to hit receiver early. I think it's, you know, we, we try to improve the run defense again. We get our guys back healthy. We build our depth because last year, unfortunately, they just couldn't survive the injuries where they needed to most. Okay. Well, our uh, our bandwagon is tapping the brakes here, Brett, and that's fine. Uh, much respect for your, for your insight. Brett Coleman, our guest here on WGR. Let's talk about some of the more interesting, I mean, some very interesting situations around the league. And while we're on the draft, let's start at the top of the draft. What's your prediction for the Bears? Uh, I think the Bears are going to trade down. Um, I think they're fully invested in Justin Fields. Uh, he's more talented than any other quarterback in this class anyway. Um, and I think that we kind of saw them really commit to him last year. You know, they kind of changed the offense in the middle of the season to lean into what they could do which was run the ball. Um, they know they didn't have enough weapons. They know their pass protection was still shaky. So they did what they could. And I don't think you spend a second-round pick on Chase Claypool if you don't believe in Justin Fields, right? I, I think okay. they were consciously trying to make an effort to surround him with weapons. So I think they pass on the opportunity to get a new quarterback. They trade down with, say, the Colts or somebody like that, and they probably take either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at that four spot. You say you think in that, maybe the first thing you said, Brett, like fully committed to Fields. Of course, it's typical for this time of year to hear all kinds of different reporting on that. You know, you've got Jason Lock and Fora, for one, saying he's got more than one GM expecting them to trade Fields. Is that just sort of the game at play? Yeah, I I wouldn't really believe that. Um, I, I just think that they're trying to drive up the price right. personally. You know, I, it's nothing against C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis. Like, I've been watching Bryce Young since he was in high school because he went to my high school, so I would go down on Friday nights and watch him play. All right. He's always been that dude. Like, I love him, but Justin Fields is a freak of nature, right? Like, he's huge, he's fast, he's got a great arm, he's great in the locker room. There's just no reason to move on from him. And I would use, you know, they're different types of players, but I would use the Josh Allen example of like, hey, Buffalo had a chance to move on from Josh Allen. There was a couple years there where fans were like, hey, we believe it's going to work, but it hasn't quite worked yet. All of a sudden, they get the investment behind it. You know, there's the trade for Stephon Diggs, and they hit on some picks like Dion and all that. The structure comes together around him. They get Dable, and then he's an MVP caliber player. 
it just took a few years to get there. I think that's what the Bears are hoping for as well. Of, hey, we have a great guy who's super talented. Let's do the Josh Allen thing and get a structure around him and see what he can do. This is the year, though, isn't it? I mean, year three, oh, sure. and they, they had it with Trubisky where here they were, were invested, different regime, but second overall pick, and they're like, no, we can't do it. The fifth-year option, we can't do it. So for Fields, like he has to, he has to make a Josh Allen-like leap. Oh, for for sure, and you know, I think Allen's leap was year three, if I recall. Year three, too. like yep. twenty twenty, right? Was when he really popped off. But like we saw it in twenty nineteen, like we saw the potential, we saw the crazy plays, like we knew he could get there. They just had to make a couple moves to to give him what he needed, and thankfully they did. I think the Bears are going to try to do the same thing with Brett Coleman. So, how about the Giants here? Um, Franchise tag speculation there, too. Daniel Jones, speaking of fifth-year option quarterbacks, Saquon Barkley. I mean, Brett, like this is Bill's guys who went to the Giants and Joe Shane as GM. And not to just give them too much benefit of the doubt, but I can't believe they would pay up for Saquon Barkley. Like, the the Bills did draft their running backs. I'm not even sure that's over. So they've made a, a pretty fair investment into that position, but... Man, like they got a lot of credit in New York. Dable too. I don't see paying up for Barkley as really part of the equation. How about you? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on what the plan is with Daniel Jones, right? Because there's the report that came out of like they're asking for forty five million. They're not gonna get forty five million. Like to me that was a strategic leak, likely on the side of Daniel Jones' agent of Hey, we're we're asking for forty five so we can get thirty eight, mm-hmm. which even then thirty eight is still pretty egregious for me. But if you're paying that much to Daniel Jones, I don't think you can also, you know, pay a whole bunch of money long term to Saquon. Like I, I just I don't think that's smart roster building to pay a premium price for a non premium quarterback and to reset the market or running back in the same offseason, even if that running back was like the main reason you made the playoffs. I just I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. So I think Saquon ultimately will hit the market. Um, Whether or not Daniel Jones hits the market, I have no idea. But I think Saquon will, you know, kind of tying this back to Buffalo. If they want to make a run at him, that would be great. I have no idea where they're going to find the money. Um, But, boy, I would love to see it just from a a fan's perspective because I think Allen and Saquon and Diggs all on the same team would be super fun. Yeah, like there is still, with even with the – Day two picks the Bills have poured into running back. They're still not really there yet, and to, to say the least. I mean, Cook did okay, but Brett, I can't see. I have a bet with coworkers. I can't see James Cook being like their number one next year. But it is a second round pick, and teams do want to salvage that. He wasn't bad either. I think some whether it's Barkley caliber or not. I think someone else is in here. Maybe even Singletary. Yeah, you know, I always have loved Devin Singletary. The fumble issue has been a thing, right? Um, but he runs really hard. He's got great contact balance. Like, he's a solid player. But I think a lot of fans have been hoping and wanting and wishing to get that three-down guy that you can leave in there in any situation and run any type of concept and, and not have to, you know, basically have this island of misfit toys where everybody has, you know, a very narrow role. I think they want somebody who, who can do everything. Whether or not that's Saquon or you know, maybe they draft Bijan, I have no idea. But I do think that that is something the fans have 
wanted for a long time, and they've spent some picks on guys. They thought they could do it, and it just it never really worked out. I I still don't necessarily think they will invest super heavy in it this year, but I could understand the frustration leading to them doing that overcorrection and either paying Saquon or drafting Bijan Robinson. There are some really nice running backs later on, aren't there? Though I mean, they Charbonnet. I mean, if, if round three or somebody someplace for a guy like that. I mean, that's kind of what they've been doing, and maybe that's our compromise here. There's some good players. Yeah, and one to keep an eye out for is uh, Tajay Spears from yep. Tulane. Um, he is just so fun. He's incredibly explosive. Measured in a lot heavier than we expected. You know, he's listed at 195, showed up as a senior bowl at about 205, and was still just roasting everybody. I think he provides that receiving component that James Cook has, but he's a better runner as a prospect, uh, in my opinion, than James Cook was. Nothing against James Cook. Um, I think he was just a little bit a little bit one-dimensional of a player. Like, the thing he did well, he did very well, but he didn't do everything well. I think Spears is more well-rounded, and I think he's a true three-down back. I, w- I would love to see him in Buffalo, and you don't have to spend a super high pick on him. Like, he's probably going to be a day-two guy. So if we want to do another day-two running back, like Tajay Spears, I think, is, is one that would fit wonderfully in the Bills' offense and potentially you know, be that number one guy they've been looking for. I like it. The three down back, I mean, it's appealing an appealing idea. It's a pretty short list, though, isn't it? I mean, at least in terms of the veterans. Josh Jacobs maybe qualifies for this. Barkley, for sure. Guys that would be available this year where you would think, you know, and I still don't think they want to re- reduce Cook. Uh, there aren't many backs that would qualify, I think. Am I wrong? Yeah, it, it is a pretty short list. Um, and Jacobs is other than Saquon, because is at the top of it, but he's not going to cost as much as Saquon. Um, and so, I again, if we're just talking about bringing him on like a mercenary deal or something like that, or if they need to save money, do like a one-year deal with some void year, like there, there's certain you know creative things they can do. If they want to get a 225-pound back that you know can run between the tackles and close out games and be a receiver and be a good pass protector, I could see them bringing in Josh Jacobs and just kind of throwing money at the problem as well, um, but every dollar they spend on running back is something that they can't spend on, you know, either defensive line or bringing back Tremaine, you know, other moves that I know the fan base is, is super interested in doing. So it's all about resource allocation. Unfortunately, the Bills don't have help because of the sister. So I'm fascinated to see what they do. Me too. Brett, uh, one more. Lamar Jackson. I just can't believe it might be in a situation here where both parties are kind of done with each other. I want to be careful to assume that, though, because it's the negotiation through the media and everything like that. Uh, Do you think that situation gets resolved, or is he out of there? You know, if I had to put a percentage to it, I'd say 60% he's out of there, 40% he's staying. Um, It does kind of feel like the Ravens are bracing for a trade here. And it, there's a whole bunch of, of financial stuff that kind of goes into paying a quarterback. A lot of the league's owners are very mad <laughs> at the Browns for, for how yeah. they structured the Deshaun deal because it was, it was outrageous for a lot of different reasons, but just the sheer amount of guaranteed dollars that had to go into escrow for that, for that contract a lot of owners can't afford that. Like they don't have a quarter billion dollars of liquid cash that, to go into an escrow account. Like they, they're all billionaires, but 
that's a lot of liquid cash that not everybody can like pull out of their assets to pay that, right? And so a lot of the league's owners were really mad at the Browns for setting that precedent. And, you know, quite frankly, if there was ever a quarterback that was going to get that deal, Deshaun Watson, given the circumstances, probably should not have been that quarterback. And so every other quarterback around the league is like, well, if he got that deal, I want to get a quarter billion guaranteed too. And that's kind of like the starting point. And again, it's, it's, it's very tough to pay that kind of money. Like the, the only reason the Bengals took the stadium naming rights deal was they had to generate cash. Like they needed cash to be able to pay Joe Burrow. That was why they did it. And so I think the, the Ravens, you know, ownership, Steve Pashati is very reluctant to put that kind of personal assets, personal liquid cash into an escrow account for a quarterback that has had availability problems for the last few years. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's a it's a tough thing to to say. Hey, I need you to drain a significant portion of your personal wealth to pay a quarterback that might not be on the field. <laughs> so it it is a it is a money thing. It truly is a money thing. And I think that there's a sixty percent chance that Lamar gets traded to an organization that is willing to do that. And I'm not a hundred percent sure the Ravens are. Do you have a favorite or like a bet? A prop bet uh, favorite idea for him, like which team might that be? Interesting how you're you're thinking about this in terms of like ownership and wealth, as opposed to I mean I'm sure you think of the other things too, but like just what what kind of stability do they have at the at the quarterback position, and you know uh, willingness to to take these kind of risks? What kind of where they are where they are in the the life cycle, the coach or the GM? So what what fits the best? That's realistic. Well, you know, you gotta, you got to remember the Ravens really like Tyler Huntley. Uh, I don't think they would even be entertaining it if they didn't have Tyler Huntley. But they're, they're really big fans of him in that building, which kind of adds a little bit of extra element in here. Um, in terms of teams to watch out for, the Giants are going to pay somebody. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Daniel Jones or whether it's Lamar, it's going to be one of them. And so I'm curious to see what happens because if, if the difference between Lamar at $50 million versus Daniel Jones at 40, like, I think they might be willing to pay the extra $10 million, right? Like, I, 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 it, there's just something about that situation that makes me think, if they're not paying Daniel Jones, they're going to give that money to some other quarterback, and it's probably going to be Lamar. Wow. Well, that would be insane. Brett, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your insight and your time, and uh, already, already looking forward to the next conversation, if there will be one. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Brett Coleman. On YouTube and on Twitter, at Brett Coleman, K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. The same 60-40. <laughs> I'm a lot of pride now because of that. A lot of pride now. The very same 60-40, he's gone prediction from Brett. Man, what a situation. 803-0550 for your calls. Some of these really almost gripping uh, NFL storylines. The Bills at running back, at wide receiver. Here's Brett saying, like, I don't think it's the year for wide receiver in the first round. And there are guys. Very interesting take. He says he thinks there's two. There's two receivers he'd be willing to say are first-round picks for sure. Zay Flowers and Addison. Those were the two. Interesting. Good stuff from Brett. Also, the Sabres and their game with the Leafs tonight talked a lot in Hour 1 about how it's the only Toronto game. How did we get here? Got a better idea for the schedule. There has to be one. The NHL is always sort of going back and forth with it, but it's really it's a shame and it's also just weird that this would only be the this would be the only visit by the Leafs this year. And last year they were only here once too. A little bit of an asterisk. They played a game 
outdoors in Hamilton that counted as a Sabre home game, but uh, come on. There's so many games. Let's get Toronto in here more than once a year, I, I think. Lines open. Hope, hope uh, some of you call in. Bulldog is out today. Scott Cullen, more on the Sabres and their playoff chances coming up in about 45 minutes. Mike Shope here, WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.